going on, guys? Welcome on back to Second and Short. My name is Tyler Lauder, joined with my co-host Aaron Ben, and we are back for some more fantasy football news here on Fantasy Fridays. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm doing great. We're heading here into the into the second last half of the week, uh, getting ready for the weekend, getting ready for some football, and getting ready to see what we're going to talk about here on Fantasy Fridays. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I'm not going to toot on horn, but over the past couple of weeks, we have been doing really well. We've had a lot more hits than misses. And toot, toot. yeah, I mean, even even things like Christian Kirk, who I said is going to be a sleeper this week and could have a really big game against Dallas over other receivers. Yes, he only had two catches, but those went for two touchdowns and over 80 yards. So, yes, toot toot. Uh, but let's jump on here. Let's let, let's keep it wide receivers transition easy. Uh, let's give our first stud you know, because we're doing studs, duds, and sleepers. Let's give our first stud here on guys that we think are going to outperform their projected points. And we use ESPN because it's basic and we're just a bunch of basic, you know, people. But uh, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and their whole wide receiving unit. Yeah, I kind of almost feel like this is cheating because I had a, I had originally said we should talk about Chase Claypool, but given how the Titans' secondary has played, They've given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers since week two. I think you got to just put in all of their wide receivers. Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool. All of those guys should have pretty good days, in my opinion. Even James Washington could be good flex option. I mean, we have a lot of buys going on right now. A lot of players that are injured. Potentially, James Washington is a guy, if you're in a league that's got 12, 14, 16 plus you know, teams, this is a good week to start a guy like that if you can get him, which he's available everywhere. But yeah, even if you add in week one, the Tennessee Titans have been allowing about 47 fantasy points to opposing team receivers. It is that bad. They're allowing an extra 10 more points than the NFL average. That's how bad they're doing against opposing wide receivers. I mean, this past week, the Tennessee Titans, Houston Texans had an amazing game. Fantasy-wise, Will Fuller destroyed him, as you say he always does. Uh, Brandon Cooks had a great game. Even Randall Cobb had a great game. I mean, a Houston Texans team that we're saying, eh, like, they're not that, you know, great and everything. They're all just like wide receiver twos. They all produced 10-plus fantasy points with Cooks and Fuller going over 20. I can see here legitimately three wide receivers going over 20 points against the Tennessee Titans this week. Especially with a... Our number one cornerback, Adoree Jackson, has been on injured reserve since the beginning of the season. No real timetable on when he's going to be back. Looking like he's not going to play this weekend. Malcolm Butler doing his best, but he's giving up some good plays. Look for him to give up another big touchdown. Uh, so if you can get your hands on one of those Pittsburgh receivers, pick him up and start him. Alrighty, now let's move into our other stud for this week, and that is going to be quarterback Justin Herbert. Coming off their bye, the L.A. Chargers have another week, getting them ready and prepared to play the Jacksonville Jags. Now, the Jacksonville Jags are only allowing 20 fantasy points per quarterback, which I know I say only, but it's like 20-20. Everybody scores a lot of fantasy points these days for quarterbacks. Uh, I don't think the Chargers are going to be able to run the ball as well as the Lions did last week, which Herbert is going to be open to you know, exploit this defensive backfield for the Jags. Yeah, I mean, I've had Justin Herbert starting ever since his second game as as a starter. He's actually, since he's taken over, he's actually quarterback number eight in terms of average fantasy points at just under 22 points per game. Um, 
so he's he's been a real godsend at least for me and my crappy team uh, the Jaguars have allowed at least 24 points to quarterbacks in three of the last five games and like you said the Lions got up early started running the ball I don't see that happening with the Jaguar with the with the Chargers this week because it's Austin Eckler's out Justin Jackson Josh Kelly aren't really doing as great as people kind of hope they would do in place of Austin Eckler so I think Herbert's going to be slinging it. Also, it's kind of weird that I've never once heard you say the Jacksonville Jaguars. You've only ever said the Jacksonville Jags. Yeah, I think it's because uh, I don't trust how I am Englishly, and I say words wrong all the time. So that's all it is. I I normally call them the Jags, but the Jaguars sounded right at that moment. But yeah, it's uh, Justin Herbert, I think, is going to have a field day. I think that we can expect something between what he did against Tampa and New Orleans. And the fact that he played so well against Tampa Bay, completing about 80% of his passes, almost 300 yards, three touchdowns, he did all this kind of in a light rain when most teams kind of avoid throwing as much. If he can do that against Tampa Bay, who we just said on our Monday Movers, if you want to check out our, our power rankings we have going on, the Buccaneers have maybe one of the best defenses in the league right now, the best overall teams. So if a rookie can do that against them, why can't he do that against the Jags and more? Exactly. And don't forget, he's got all of his weapons back healthy, save besides Austin Eckley. He's got Keenan Allen at 100%, Hunter Henry, uh, Mike Williams is always a deep threat. He's got everyone there. He should, I agree, I think he'll go off this week. Now, funny that we say Justin Herbert, a rookie, is going to do very well because he did well against Tampa Bay. Hold on a second, though. The Bucs have been doing well all year. They match up against Derek Carr, and guess what? He's our dud for this week. To be honest, outside of that lone Los Angeles Chargers matchup, the Buccaneers have only allowed one quarterback to score more than 12 fantasy points on the year. Outside of that. So two total, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Everybody's been under 15 fantasy points outside of Herbert. They're constantly stopping everybody. They're not allowing a lot of yards most of these times. And if they are, they're not allowing touchdowns. They're getting turnovers. They're just an impressive unit. Derek Carr is a sit for me. Like like you said, only Justin Herbert scored more than 15 points. You saw what they did to the legend Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers last week. They held him to just 3.8 fantasy points. And it's, good. it's hard to sit Derek Carr, especially after the game he had against the Chiefs, but this is a really tough matchup against the Bucks defense that has held opposing quarterbacks to just seven touchdown passes all year. And you're going to have to sit him, going to have to start whatever other quarterback you have this week. Yeah, I think there are definitely options out there for you to start. But um, if we just kind of take like a, a similar approach and everything, and in my opinion, that is kind of like the Carolina Panthers defensively, they've been holding teams to little amounts of yards on the year or performances. Derek Carr only had about 13 points against them. And I think Carolina is like a lesser Tampa Bay, obviously, uh, defensively. but I still think that's kind of my comparison there. Yes, he did well against the Buffalo Bills. He did well against the Chiefs. A lot of people have been thrown on these teams. He's had two weeks to prepare. If Derek Carr can throw a couple touchdowns, that'll be the difference. However, I think he's going to be one of those guys that they're going to be playing from behind late in the game, and we're going to see a lot of garbage time. So this could end up being a good start if he gets garbage time. Yeah, I agree completely. And moving 
from one deck to another deck, who's our second kind of dud player this week? So our second dud player is the weirdest dud we've probably ever done, and that is going to be stud running back Derrick Henry. Currently, Derrick Henry is third on the year for running backs in fantasy points per game, and that is with him having one less game than a lot of these other guys. Here's the thing. He's projected to get about 20, 21 points in PPR formats. I just don't see that happening. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, we talked about this last week when we said sit Nick Chubb, sit, or sorry, when we said sit Kareem Hunt, don't play your Browns running backs. We're kind of right, and I'm, we're going to be right again this week. Derrick Henry is going to only produce fantasy-wise if he can catch the ball. That's where he's going to benefit. But as a running back, I struggle to see him doing 20-plus fantasy points. He's, it's not a player that you're not going to start him just because he's on our list. But you're not going to... Just don't expect as many points from him. And this is also... The Steelers' run defense is crazy good this year. Their entire defense is crazy good this year. They're allowing just under 100 yards per game. Yeah. And also, their offense is good. It's, it's probably, in my opinion, it's probably going to be a shootout. Uh, the Titans do usually try to stick to their run game, even when they're kind of getting down. But I just feel like this is going to be a shootout. Tannehill's going to have to come out and start passing a bit more than usual. And so... Again, if you have Derrick Henry, don't sit him, but just don't expect as much from him this week, especially compared to the crazy game he had last week. Yeah, they're definitely allowing under 100 rushing yards per game. It's like 66, 67 per game. And we've seen Derrick Henry have bigger, like one-time big runs than that this year. And that's going to be the difference maker. So obviously we're saying this with like a grain of salt, like easy, easy on us. Don't beat us down, but... More than likely, Derrick Henry is not going to be able to produce like that. It's going to be the Ryan Tannehill show again if the Titans are going to win. Um, otherwise, this Steelers team looks nasty all around. Whoever wins this game is going to be the favorites in the AFC, in my opinion, right now going forward um, and will be until they get taken down. I, I see a good matchup here, but not for Derrick Henry. And let's move on to some people that we're going to flip a coin on. They might have a good matchup, and they could exploit it, or they might have a bad matchup, but we think they're going to outperform. Let's talk about some sleepers, man. Uh, why don't you give me your first sleeper? Well, my first sleeper uh, is actually uh, Jamal Williams from the Packers. Um, reason being, he's not their starter. Uh, Aaron Jones is a great running back, gets a lot of points. But Jamal Williams has been getting a lot of touches the last few weeks. He's a touchdown machine. Uh, and going against a tight uh, Texans defense that just their last in the league in rush defense, they just gave up 260 rushing yards to the to the Titans. Uh, I think this is a great matchup. He'll probably get a couple, uh, like at least one or two goal line touchdowns. If you have Jamal Williams, I would consider putting him in, especially now that we're in the bye weeks. You might have one of your regular starters out. Um, always a great option there. Yeah, this could be a flex option for you guys for sure. I think this will all come down to his receiving uh, prowess and like where he is at in the receiving game. Uh, they were down early against Tampa Bay uh, once, like once we hit like the midway of the second quarter, and I just think at that point Aaron Rodgers doesn't do like dunk and dink. Like if this was like Drew Brees and they were losing by like fourteen points, I'd be like, oh, he's gonna find his running backs to try and get short yardage. 
Aaron Rodgers doesn't do that. Aaron Rodgers wants to pick up chunks. He wants to get back in the game as fast as possible. And we don't see that dink and dunk action. Now, the Texans are a different opponent. I compare these Texans to the Atlanta Falcons, who they just whooped up on back in week four. And in that week, Jamal Williams had eight receptions for 95 yards. And I could see something very similar to that happening. Uh, he's not averaging a lot of points on the year. He's, he's projected to get nine points. We're just saying he has an opportunity here to outscore that 9.4. And if you need somebody, you're desperate, this is a good candidate here because the Texans are bad. They are, and it's great. Now, who else are people sleeping on and maybe starting to wake up, uh, wake up to? Well, this is a guy that I think people kind of forgot existed, and that's Brashad Perriman uh, from the Jets. Uh, kind of, he hasn't been active since week two, uh, but he woke up last week with, led the team four passes, 62 yards, uh, losing to the Dolphins. The reason why I think this is a sleeper is they're going up against a Bills defense who's kind of been suspect the last couple of weeks and giving up a lot of yards. This is also a division game. Anything can happen in divisional games. I think if you're thin at wide receiver and you're looking for someone to pick up, you might consider taking Brashad Perriman. Last week was the only week that the Buffalo Bills didn't allow a receiving touchdown to a wide receiver. And... That's just the, the Chiefs ended up going up by halftime, and we kind of just saw them kind of coasting through, and we saw Travis Kelsey get in the game, but there's it right there. Kelsey had two receiving touchdowns. We can argue Travis Kelsey is just as much of a receiver as he is a tight end. So if anybody is going to sit here and get a touchdown this week for the New York Jets and their wide receiving core, for me, it's Perriman. Um, we see Crowder get the underneath stuff. Perriman's a deep ball guy. What I like about Perriman is he comes back off of this, you know, slight reserve list and is gone for a couple weeks and immediately gets eight targets. That's what I like to see. I like to see guys that are going to get multiple targets. If you're going to get over five targets for me, more than likely you're going to catch 80% of your passes thrown your way. You're going to at least get me. If he gets four catches for 60 yards, that's 10 points right there. That's a good enough for me. Um, he's projected to get 10.3. I think he has a good chance to outperform that with a touchdown as well. So. Look for somebody on the New York Jets to perform, and for me, it's, it's Perriman. Crowder is more of a must start. He's an automatic start for me if you have him, and Perriman's one of those guys you're playing because of the bye week. And that is going to do it for us here on Second and Short and our Fantasy Friday for Week 7 of the NFL season. Thank you guys for listening on here. Please be sure to subscribe down below. Stay up to date on all of our content. we got two episodes up every week. Every Monday, we break down who's moving up and down in our power rankings, and every Friday, we break down fantasy news. Leave a like, because it's the easiest way to support us. And if you want to check us out anywhere else, check us out on... On Facebook, where we're updating every episode. Uh, also, Twitter, with polls, uh, tweets, interacting with our fans as much as possible. And then on Instagram, where we're updating our story, uh, with news updates, and discussion points, injury news, everything like that. And send us a direct message wherever you want, whatever platform, whatever time of day. Thank you guys for listening. And good luck in your fantasy matchups.